holy name in this house. Lord, it doesn't matter whether it's a Wednesday, a Sunday, a Monday, a Tuesday. Whenever we come into this place where two or more are gathered, you are in the midst of us, Lord. Lord, we just expect something great to happen in this house tonight, Lord. Lord, let us not let tonight pass us by with just another nice Wednesday night. But Lord, let us leave changed by being in your midst. Let us leave different than the way we came in. Let us leave challenged tonight. And ultimately, let us come and worship and adore and glorify you and give you the praise that you're worthy of in this place tonight. We just give you all the praise and glory and honor. It's in your name we pray tonight. Amen and amen. Yes, Lord, we glorify your holy name. Sing it with us if you know it. Come now is the time. Come. Now is the time to worship. as you are for your God. Come. Oh, sing it again. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to worship
put your hands together this evening for Jesus. Amen. And we want to welcome you out tonight. We appreciate you coming. We've got uh, great plans, great expectation of great things are going to happen tonight in this house. Amen. All right. We love you being here tonight. We want to receive our evening offering tonight. So if the ushers would get ready for us. How many people are excited to give here? Amen. Good ground to sow into. Lives are being changed. Children's lives. Our, our infants are being ministered to. Middle school, high school, they're in the back being ministered to. The night on their level. Adults, seniors, everything. This is an all-inclusive, multi-generational church. And I love being a part of it. Amen. Amen. Well, let's bless your giving this evening. Father, we do love you and thank you. We thank you that we can line ourselves up with the laws of giving and receiving. We thank you, Father, that as we give our tithe and our offering, Father, we're connecting ourselves to the kingdom and connecting ourselves for the blessing to be released into our lives. So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. And, Father, we ask you to bless the giver tonight. In Jesus' name and amen. As you give, we're going to continue worshiping tonight, but we have... Uh, Pastor Randall and Lisa Black with us tonight from Virginia. We are excited about that. And if you haven't heard him minister before, your life will be changed tonight if you'll receive the word. Amen. God bless you in your giving, and let's just worship Jesus this evening. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Like me, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace, twas grace that taught my heart to feel, and the grace. My fears relieved. Oh, how precious is that grace of me. Here I first believe. Oh, my chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been saved.
just who is all like sun. The sun forbear to shine. The Thank him for, for your amazing grace. Thank you, Lord. Unending love. Amazing grace. Thank you, Jesus. And what can Away my sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious. 
Come on, just one more time. Let's put all our focus and attention on him. sing that again, brother. Let's just lift our hands and just sing that loud. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Come on, it'll wash away. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. All of your sin it will. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, we just worship you tonight. Come on, just take a, take a moment. The worry, the stress, the pressure of the day, the getting here on time, <laughs> skipping dinner, eating at a drive-thru, whatever it was. Hey, all that's gone now. Now you're here. So don't miss while you're here because of the frustration it took to get here. Don't allow the pressure of getting here to ruin the fact that you made it here. Because I believe tonight, hallelujah, Lord, I'm just believing for the Holy Spirit to manifest, for chains to be broken, lives to be rearranged, minds to be renewed. Believing for atmospheric conditions in the realm of the spirit to shift in your favor.
<laughs> Pain in your body to be relieved of its assignment. Depression in your soul to be vanquished back to the pits of hell. Hallelujah. You see, it's all because of the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. If you're thankful for the blood, would you just give the Lord a mighty hand clap and shout of praise? Come on, give him a mighty hand clap and shout of praise. Hallelujah, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Amen. Well, if you got somebody beside you, you can give them a high five and you can be seated. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. Bishop Matthews and Renee give their greeting to you and uh, he's going to be with us at our church in a few weeks and we're looking forward to hanging out. And He said, I kind of been given an edict by my wife. You need to take me somewhere quickly. Amen. So just a little getaway. And I know that they were preaching out this weekend and it's good to get away with family. And when you've got friends, you can depend on to, to help you. And so he wanted to send his greetings to you and his love to you. Don't you love your pastors? Amen. Just, yeah. Amen. And so, uh, they'll be back with you shortly. And, uh, it's just awesome to see you guys tonight. You guys look at me a minute. How many have never seen me? Just raise your hand and go ahead and get it out of the way. You've never seen me? Amen. Never just as ever. Okay. So we're not going to have that like a cow looking at a new gate in a field scenario. You know, I'm preaching and you're trying to figure out if I know what I'm doing or not. Amen. So I think this is like the sixth time I've preached in the pulpit this year here. If you add up the nights and stuff. So we're pretty familiar with each other. So. And uh, Bishop Matthews has come to Faith Point down to the point in Virginia. And he just tears the place up. And I got to clean it up. Amen. But he tears it up in a good way. I'm talking about people still talk about what he preached like three months after he left. And so, you know, when somebody has an anointing when they're there, it's one thing. But when they leave a residual anointing, you know that they've had an impact. And so we invite people back. And mainly by the residual, not just the effect of them being there, but what happens when they leave. And when you get testimonies and you get miracles and you get people that are just forcing you to have somebody back, you know you want to have them back. Amen. Well, we're going to get into the word. Is there any white light that comes over the pulpit? Because I got yellow highlighting and it's like neon all of a sudden. Is there any white light? No white light? Okay. All right. I'm good. I'll adapt. I just, oh, there we go. That's a little better. Amen. I got this uh, glow-in-the-dark highlighter, so it's like, no, blue's better. Now I can't see because I got yellow paper. Yellow and red makes, there you go. That's good. Okay, that's good. All right, I'll just go with it. Amen. <laughs> we'll just flow. Well, it's good to be with you guys tonight. And, uh, man, I guess a lot's uh, happened for you guys. It's a no-fail season, right? How's that going for you? What? I said, how's the no fail going? Okay, that's a little better. And, and 
every time I see the stuff on Facebook, and I keep track of you guys every day on Facebook, and, and I see that little no-fail hashtag, and we adopted that at the point, and we have signs at the entrances of all from our parking lots and on the side doors, and it's uh, got the logo, no-fail zone. You are entering a no-fail zone. So every time they come into the doors of the church, and every time there's one by my office door, I'm coming in, and I can't fail because I'm destined to win. Come on, somebody say amen. So we borrowed that or we stole that from you, whatever you want to say. But tonight I want to get into the Word of God. I know we have some missionaries in the house that uh, went with us. Amen. Is anybody else? Are they all working in the back? And uh, we're going to be joining you in Honduras in October. for a, We're going to do a, a drop-in and a drop-out for three days because we're going to be working with you guys to finish build the hospital down there in Honduras. When I say we, I'm talking about Compassion and Action International, uh, where I work out of Miami from that office. And um, we just uh, got the Honduras invitation and anointing, and we're already raising money for it. And our head contractor and head medical uh, personnel will be meeting you guys down there in October so we can get all the measurements and, and see everything. And then we'll take a big team back with you and us and people from Miami and Indiana in the spring and keep on working on it and get all three stories built debt-free. Come on, debt-free. God has um, blessed us to build about 17 buildings in four nations, and every one of them are debt-free. We do not make a payment on any building that we've ever built in Panama, in Nicaragua, in the Dominican, in Cuba, or even in America. Our building is debt-free because I believe when God's in it, he's in it. And he's in it to win it. Come on, somebody say amen. And so we believe we can do this. And uh, so we just want to thank you guys for letting us partner with you on that venture. Well, tonight I want to talk to you a little bit. Um, you know, I thought I, I, the Lord in the last three or four months has blessed us with a lot of messages and themes. And I thought, Lord, I'm going to bring one of my themes, one of the really cool messages. I've got it memorized. Got cool logos for the big screen. Got CDs we can put out in the foyer after service so if they like it, you know, they can buy those messages. And I thought, man, there's so much really good stuff. And the Lord said, no, I don't want you to do it. So I thought, okay, then, you know, what is it you want me to do? Because that's what I do. And the Lord began to share with me something he shared with me last week in my office that I've said in my word that in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. But a lot of people don't know what my spirit is. They don't know anything about the Holy Ghost in church any longer. They, they, they push the Holy Ghost out. They, they modernize things so much. And we're a really modern church. And I wear blue jeans and I preach in T-shirts. I'm really dressed up for you guys. But that doesn't mean that I'm not Holy Ghost filled. That doesn't mean I'm not tongue talking, devil casting out. That doesn't mean any of that. That just means I'm more comfortable in jeans than I am slacks because there's more cotton in the Bible than there is polyester. So I'm biblically correct. Come on, somebody say amen. But the Lord said, I want you to just share about the Holy Ghost. So I like to give messages a title that's easy to remember. And how many keep up with athletics in our society? You, uh, you know, you know something about the, the drug use, the steroid use. And you hear this phrase all the time. And, and I wrote it down, and it's HGH. Everybody say HGH. 
That's the whole human growth hormone where they'll inject things into their body to heal faster and to develop faster, to be quicker and stronger. And I've had a lot of cortisone shots in my shoulder, and I know why they might want to go to the next level because that stuff works temporarily. The pain is gone, and you can just do what you couldn't do. So you hear all this human growth hormone. So the Lord gave me a title for tonight's message, and it is HGI. Everybody say HGI. Would you shout that again? And that is called Holy Ghost Information. Everybody say Holy Ghost Information. So every time you see the thing about Alex Rodriguez or you see the thing about steroids and you hear HGH, you're now going to be imprinted in your brain. It's not HGH. I'm thinking about HGI because I've got some Holy Ghost information on my side. And so tonight we're just going to look. I want to ask you a couple questions as we open up our messages tonight. How many of you at any time in your life have ever heard from someone else that the Holy Spirit and talking in tongues is either of the devil or not for anybody that believes in God today? Would you just raise your hand if you've heard that phrase? All right, so we're pretty about 99% of us have heard that lie from the pits of hell. Well, let's go to Genesis chapter 1, and let's go back to Genesis and find out that the Holy Ghost was not just found in the book of Acts. Now, if you don't believe the Holy Spirit is of God, you have a one-page, one-chapter, one-verse belief system. You can only have, this is the, I'm going to read you the entirety of your Bible if you don't believe in the Holy Ghost. This is your whole Bible. Some people might adopt this and think that's a whole lot easier. I got the whole Bible memorized. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, that's your whole Bible. That's where your Bible uh, uh, begins and ends. You got a one verse Bible, but look at verse two. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Everybody say the Spirit of God. Now how many know there is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Come on, somebody say amen. So we know in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we have absolute evidence that Jesus was in the beginning. He was the Word. And now we have absolute evidence in verse 1 that God was in the beginning. And you get to verse 2 of Genesis, you have absolute evidence that not only was the Son present, not only was was the Father present, but also present was the Holy Spirit of God, and He was hovering over the face of the darkness of the waters. And then when God began to speak, the Holy Spirit moves upon the Word of God. And when God says, let there be light, the Spirit is hovering over the face of the waters of the deep. And when God says, let there be vegetation, let there be light, let there be sun and moon, the Spirit of God moves upon the Word of God. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, I reckon you don't have anything that will move upon the Word of God. Therefore, when you get in churches that are all Word, they dry up. But if you get in a church that's all Spirit, it kind of blows up. You've got to have a church that has the Word and also has the Spirit, and it will grow up or mature up. 
It has a creative force when you get in touch with the Holy Ghost. Well, now let's go over to John chapter 14, and I don't have a CD series on this. There's nothing on our website, no book on it. I'm just going to flow with the Holy Ghost on it. And we need to know if God said in the book of Joel, and God said in the book of Acts, and I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh, then we need to know what the Holy Spirit is. And we need to learn not to be afraid of the Holy Ghost. We need to learn to walk with the Holy Ghost. We need to learn to talk with the Holy Ghost. We need to learn to do what Benny Hinn say, good morning, Holy Ghost, and, and let him lead us and guide us. We need to bring him back into our churches again. We need to bring him back into our worship again. We need to bring him back into our prayer life again. Yes. So we get to John chapter 14. If you're there, say amen. Now we get, uh, let's begin in verse 15, if that's all right. If you love me, now uh, he's reiterating what he talked about in chapter 13. If you love me, keep my commandments. And we know he boiled that down to simply loving people. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another. Everybody say another. So we know that Jesus was a helper, but he's saying, if you keep my commandments, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, capital H, Holy Spirit here, that he may abide with you forever. Somebody say forever. Okay, so the theory that Holy Ghost came and went is debunked right there by the words of Christ. I no longer allow our worship team and they haven't said I pioneered this church but we don't sing the song send him on down send him on down Lord send the Holy Ghost on down because God has already sent him down and he hadn't gone anywhere so I don't need to ask God to send what has already been sent in other words I'd be saying God send Jesus on down send him on down he's already come and the Bible said he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So we know that the Holy Ghost did not just come in the book of Acts and depart. He has come and abide with us forever. Everybody say forever. Now look, I, I'm giving you this information tonight. I'm not doing some swinging from a chandelier or some catch thing. This is information you're going to need when somebody tells you Holy Ghost is of the devil. When some uh, religious church down the way says, oh, they're just a cult, them Pentecostals, then you need to just tell them, you got a one-verse Bible, baby. In the beginning, God, and you can't go nowhere else because after that, the Holy Spirit showed up on the scene. All right, let's read on. So everybody say, the Holy Spirit's my helper, and he's with me forever. Now look at this, the spirit of truth. He's your helper, and he's also the speaker of truth, whom the world cannot receive. All right, come on. If the Holy Spirit is of the devil, the only ones who could receive him would be the world. You see how stupid the argument is now, do you? But they preach it from their pulpit. They indoctrinate billions of people on planet Earth. The Holy Spirit cannot be received by the world. Now, if the Holy Spirit was from Satan, when you go home tonight, and if you like wrestling, you know, God help you, but some people like that stuff, they would be speaking in tongues on Monday Night Raw. 
Why? Because it's of the devil. They're serving the devil. They're in the world. So they'd be shandabahaka, bam, shandabada. They would be just talking. It. You'd go to B-dubs watching Monday Night Football. Everybody would be talking in tongues. You'd go out to the biker bar. They'd be talking in tongues. If it was of the devil, devil people would be doing it. But the only place you find it's in God's house. So if it's in God's house, it didn't come from Satan's house. Come on, somebody say amen. Now, so it says here, the world cannot receive. So if the world can't receive it, then it's not from the leader and the prince and the power of the world, Satan. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. Further development that it can't be from who they say it is and it can't be for those who they say it's for. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans, and I will come or I will return to you. So everybody say, the Holy Spirit lives in me. Now, one of the biggest doctrinal differences from the old covenant to the new covenant is this. The indwelling versus the outpouring. In the old covenant, Holy Ghost would come upon great men and women of God and they would do great feats and then the Holy Spirit would have to depart them and they would be back doing some of the vilest things that you could imagine and you've all read it in your Bible because there was no death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, no removal of the keys. The Spirit had not been sent to dwell forever until Christ left and sent him down. So the Holy Spirit would literally hover and he would show up upon people in great things. They could take the jawbone of a donkey and kill 10,000 and then go think I'm a failure. I can't even beat 10 people. But see now, you see now, he will come and he will live in you and he will abide in you. That's the Greek word minnow. He will make permanent habitation, permanent dwelling, and he will never leave you. He will help you, comfort you, counsel you, guide you, and lead you into all truth. Come on, somebody say, give me some Holy Ghost. All right, somebody said it. I should have said everybody said it. All right, look at John 14, and let's go to verse 26. Is this all right tonight? Now, we're going to get into some Holy Ghost stuff here at the end of service, so uh, if you're not baptizing the Holy Ghost, uh, look out, you're about to be. We had nine people last week baptizing the Holy Ghost from age 12 to 57, baptizing the Holy Ghost in about three minutes' time. Why, people need the Holy Ghost to make it in this world. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. All right, here we go. John chapter 14, verse 25. We'll begin in, I think I told him, verse no, 26. Let's go to verse 26, brother. But the helper, now who's the helper? We'll read on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I don't believe that helper is the Holy Spirit, even though it's capitalized and Jesus said it, so he describes it out. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send. Now, okay, so if the Holy Spirit is from Satan, how did God send him? Hello? You see, the argument that these people put out there is so easily broken, but few of us are bold enough to just say, wait a minute, you're cotton-picking wrong. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is not from hell. He is not from Satan. He is living in me and dwelling in me forever. He is the third person of the Trinity, the very power and breath and life of God, the DNA of God downloaded into me, and the Bible says that God sent him to me. 
Come on, we, we've got we've to know what the Word of God tells us. So when people tell us nonsense, we don't have to go home and think about it. Well, I wonder, might they be right or might they be wrong? You've got to say, good time of day, they are as wrong as wrong can be. The Father will send in my name and he will teach you and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give you. Not as the world gives, but I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So look at this. When you get the Holy Ghost, you have peace. Everybody else, you know these other people doing things? How are we going to get the money? How are we going to do it? How are we going to grow the church? How are we going to raise the fund? How are we going to build a hospital? How are we going to do this? And they just get all worked up about it because they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. When you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you and God says to do something, you begin to allow the power of God. He'll move heaven and earth to make sure it gets done because it's his name on the line, not yours. But see, when you have the Holy Spirit, you will be at peace about big things God calls you to do. I remember one time being in the Dominican Republic, and I think I might have shared the story. I don't know. And we're up at the mountain of El Bate, and the building is going to stop work. We had gone down. It was our first project. We thought it was going to be $25,000, and it had swelled to $60,000. And we're there, and it's a, a Friday morning, and the, the contractor tells David Reyes and myself that you're out of money and the work is going to stop. I'm telling nobody to come back on Monday until you can get home and raise the money. And the Spirit of God came on me on that land, and Bill Ashworth was with me. And I said, no. And I told David, translate to this brother what I'm about to say. And I said, no. The Spirit of the Lord says not a hammer will stop swinging, not a block will stop being laid, not a worker will not show up. By Monday morning, the money will be in the bank, and you will be back to work and will be on schedule. Now, we needed $22,000. I'm in another country. It's Friday. Come on, somebody. It's only Friday, but Sunday's on the way. The Lord moved on somebody's heart in Virginia at lunchtime on Friday in their prayer time. And, 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 and they, they, they got a hold of us there at the hotel in San Juan. And it was just a miracle. Uh, you met the gentleman, Sam, that was down there. And the Lord told him, write a check for $20,000 and get it to Miami overnight so that they can continue. He didn't know anything had been going on. He got a hold of us. We got a hold of the contractors. They showed up to work on Monday morning. And the bill was finished debt free come on somebody better say amen but see a lot of people oh god why why ain't it getting done god oh lord i better go sell some more cupcakes or maybe if i crawl from here to uh, the capital somebody will donate money all these things but when you got the holy ghost come on somebody you've got a peace that passes all understanding a peace the world didn't give and the world cannot take away Now, I remember telling you about the uh, C-130, right? Did I tell you all about that? We're believing God for a C-130 for our missions operation. Well, the count has been opened. Hello? 
We don't have the money yet, but we're going to pay cash for it. Come on, somebody. I'm tired of giving American Airlines dollars $60,000, $70,000 a year when we could have our own plane and y'all want to go. We fly over here, land it. Y'all hop on, put all your supplies on, and off we go. I'm ready for bigger and better things. And if you got the Holy Ghost, why should American Airlines have all the airplanes? Why shouldn't a church the size of this to go into all the world have one or two of them? Come on, somebody. We've got the greater power. Yes, the greater power. The account's open. Every time the Lord tells us to do something at faith point or compassion and action, we open the account because the account is the ground the seed goes in. And it doesn't matter if it's two million that's needed or 10,000. We open the account and we let the first seed because I know how seed works. Seed reproduces after itself and seed reproduces more than itself. And if you put a, a handful of weeds in your front lawn and you just put it out there, it looks insignificant. You come back in six months, you got no grass left because that weed is just now taken over because the seed was thrown. How about our seed? Same principle. It works. If God's telling you to do something, get your envelope out, open the account, and just begin to be faithful with it and watch God move on your behalf through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's look at this. John, uh, where did I say go now? Here we go. We're in John chapter 14. They told me I had two hours tonight, so I'm still good. It was silent in the church. But the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send. Everybody say, the Father sends the Holy Spirit. And he will bring all things to remembrance. And it says he gives you peace. And to not let your heart be troubled. Oh, I just can't believe the word. Get in the Holy Ghost. Because it's going to get worse. The Bible don't say it's going to get better. There'll be more famine, more earthquakes, crazy storms, all this kind of stuff. Wars and rumors of wars, genocides, abortion. says all that, but Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. So look, if you got the Holy Ghost, you'll just be. Oh, the stock market went down. Praise God. That's a sign of the time of the coming of my Lord. Hallelujah. Now, it ain't going to be exciting, but if you got the Holy Ghost, you'll say, my heart ain't going to be troubled. Glory be to God. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I'm the head and not the tail above and not beneath. See, you don't know God can bless you till you can only be blessed by him and not yourself, not your job, not your IRA, not your credit card. Come on, not your trust fund. You don't know how God can bless you till that's all you got. Some people ain't never been there, Pastor, but they're going to be there. Now, look, let's go on to John 16. Hallelujah. Now, let's see what Jesus had to say. Is it all right if I take my coat off? All right. Now, look at verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, wait a minute. Why would Jesus tell us it's to your, everybody say it's to my advantage that Jesus left. Now, if Jesus said it's to your advantage that I go away, he must be about to do something pretty good. Can somebody say amen? So look what it says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, who's the helper? Who's the helper? 
So while Jesus was here, the outpouring and inward manifestation of the Holy Spirit could not take place yet because for some divine reason, they could not both occupy the same planet at the same time. I don't know why. I guess because when it's that big and that powerful, come on somebody. But Jesus said, I got to leave this planet so I can send something even greater and better and more powerful and precious than even me. I've got to send you the Holy Ghost. So people say it's of Satan, but we got Bible reference that God sent it. And Jesus said, I got to go so that I can be a part of what my father's doing and send it. So we have two reference that it's coming from heaven, not from hell. All right, let's keep on reading. We're going to get deeper. Touch your neighbor and say, my brain's hurting. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Don't say that. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, it says he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now go down with me to verse 13. However, when the Holy Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. And he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will make that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So it says when the Holy Ghost comes, he will he will come and not be of his own authority, but of God's authority. He will glorify Jesus Christ. He will give you all truth. He will guide you and he will tell you things to come. You ever make bad decisions? Raise your hand. Are you tired of making bad decisions? Then pray in the Holy Ghost. Are you tired of buying the wrong cars and buying the wrong houses and getting the wrong interest rates and marrying the wrong person and dating the wrong person and taking the wrong job? If you're tired of all those things going wrong, then what you got to do is say, wait a minute, I'm going to step back and I'm going to let the Holy Ghost step up and I'm going to take a season and I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost and I'm going to let the Holy Ghost begin to open doors and close doors. I'm going to let the favor of God and the power of God begin to tell me yes and to tell me no. I'm not going to tell myself yes when God has already told me no. But see, people make wrong decisions because they'll make decisions out of fear and they'll tell you, well, if you don't buy today, then the deal is gone. This is a one-day deal. And if you don't get the car today and you don't get it now, then if somebody puts that pressure on you, you better walk away every time. I would rather be a little late to the party than get there for everybody show, than anybody showing up. I'd rather be a little slow and a little bit behind God where I can still see him than I would to get out in front of God where God's trying to snatch me back and get me in my proper place. So somebody said, you better do this right now. This this interest rate is only one day. This sale, and, and you get hurried into it, you better say, wait a minute, I need to go pray. I need to get the Holy Ghost permission. Okay, Holy Ghost, I just now thought of that. This is my brand new sports coat. He said, why did he just stop and say that? Let me tell you. I was riding down the road in Stewart's Draft, Virginia, Waynesboro, Virginia. And the Holy Spirit said, go to Coles. I talk to the Holy Spirit all the time. Hello? I don't just preach about him and preach to you, but I talk to the Holy Ghost all the time, and he talks to me. Right? Holy Spirit said, go to Coles. So I was over in the far right lane. There's two stoplights. I had to get over, get over, get a turn the lane. And I went in Coles. I parked, and I just walked in. I was like, well, where, where do I go? And I just walked in, and I thought I'm going to the shoe department because I love the shoes, and I know the Lord likes to bless me with what I love, so I thought I'm getting me a pair of shoes. 
because I love shoes, size 10 and a half. I need a pair of red ones if you got them. I'm not in town long enough to get them back, though. But anyway, you can get my mail. No, I'm just kidding. So I go in Coles, and the Lord takes me right to this rack. I mean, I, it was like I don't even know how I got there. And there's this rack of all, and I like to find coats that go with jeans because that's what I like, and God will give you desire of your heart. I look on that rack, and I say, $200. Well, bless God. And then I saw a sign, 70% off. Then I had a coupon in my pocket for being a good customer of another 30% off. Come on, somebody. So I got the $200 sports coat and two pair of really pretty socks for $38. Hello? Why? Because I was just driving down the road drinking my sweet tea and the Holy Ghost talked to him. I'm going to save you some money. I'm going to give you a desire of your heart. Hallelujah. I want you to go over here to this apartment store and got the 200 and some dollars worth of stuff for $38 and like 79 cents. You better listen to the Holy Ghost on everything you do. You'll marry the wrong person. I'm glad to have my wife here tonight. 22 years. Come on, somebody. She hasn't been able to travel a lot because we've had three kids. Now two are in college and one's in, in high school left and all that. And I was going to use the joke that, you know, I was in the lobby of the hotel and they were doing a photo shoot for supermodels. And I asked this one if she wanted to come to church. So it kind of killed it because they already know you're my wife. So, Amen. Would you give my beautiful wife another hand? Praise the Lord. How many of you has the Holy Spirit told you to do something? And you ignored it. You're like me. You'll be somewhere and the Holy Spirit will say, minister to this one. You'll walk down the aisle of Walmart. And the Holy Spirit will reveal to you uh, one of the gifts will come, a word of knowledge, a wisdom. This person has cancer in their left lung. And their husband left them six months ago. And I want you to pray for them. Here? But I'm in a hurry. I got a ball game to get to. I got dinner to cook. I got to, and, and we, we do everything we can to silence that voice and to look straight ahead. You know, the Spirit of God will not always strive with the hearts of man. That you can so tune out the voice of the Holy Spirit that you'll no longer hear it. And then you'll wonder, Lord, where, where's your Spirit gone? How do I know the words to every song that has ever been sung, but I don't know the voice of the Spirit of God? How do I know the name of every ball player and the stat of every player on my favorite team, but I don't know the voice of God? Because the voice you adhere to the most is the voice you become under authority of and most familiar with. And if you listen to your own voice over his voice, you'll become more under the authority of your ways than you are his ways. So it's important that we submit to the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? So Jesus says, it's important that I go so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. Now let's go to John chapter 20. And let's look at the theory of being filled with the Spirit. Can I have a few more minutes tonight? Preach it. All right. I like that. John 20. Then the same day at evening, in verse 19, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled. I want you to circle the word assembled. We're going to see that a lot. There is something powerful about us assembling together and the Spirit of God moving upon the assembly. 
You will see it time and time again in the Bible when they were assembled together, the power of God moved upon the assembly. It does happen individually and God moves, but there's something corporate when people of like faith and of like mind and of like heart get together and they assemble together. And in the place of their assembly, the breath of God begins to move upon them. We're going to see that several times over the next few scriptures. And they were assembled together for the fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. So immediately he came with peace, the Spirit of God. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Some of them needed proof. <laughs> then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you also. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. He said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a minute. This is before Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> Why do you need to continually be filled with the Spirit? Because you leak. Hello? We burn out. We get sinful. We get worried. Just like your car needs an oil change. So here he is. Why does Benny Hinn breathe on people? Well, here's a scriptural reference. Jesus was right there in the midst of the assembly full of fear. And it just said, I guess he couldn't lay hands on all. He just, and everyone in that room was filled with the Holy Spirit. You read Luke chapter 1. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost in the womb of Elizabeth. When Mary shook her hand, the baby in her womb left and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. When the Holy Spirit comes on the scene, things leap and jump. Come on, somebody. Tongues of fire show up. Rooms begin to shake. Come on. Door walls become doors. When the Holy Ghost shows up, come on, somebody. It really gives you the power to be a mountain mover, not a mountain climber, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to preach the gospel, to be a witness upon all the nations of the world. When the Holy Ghost shows up, it's a game changer. So here we go. Here we go. Touch your name and say, here we go. So you get to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If you're lacking power to be a witness and to evangelize the lost, then what you need is one thing and one thing only. You don't just need another class on evangelism. You don't need a class on theology and doctrine. The Bible says you need the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will bring all things that Christ said to your remembrance. And then you'll be a witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth, when the Holy Ghost gets upon you, you can't say no to going to the world and preaching the gospel. Well, I can't go preach anybody. Then you're not full of the Holy Ghost. Because if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're immediately going to have power, whether it's across the street or around the world, you'll be witnessing to somebody about Jesus. Why? Because you got the Holy Ghost. Touch your neighbor and say, do you have the Holy Ghost? Everybody didn't ask everybody. Everybody asked somebody, do you got the Holy Ghost? All right, look at Acts chapter 2. So we know they were filled in Acts in John chapter 20. Now here we go to Acts chapter 2, and let's read. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. They were assembled together. Everybody say they were assembled together. Second time. And suddenly there came a sound from where? From where? From where? Shout out heaven. So the Holy Spirit didn't come from hell. Here's the third reference of where it came from. Well, that Holy Spirit's of Satan, and it says right in the Bible it came from heaven. And 
They'll preach whole doctrines and write books about it and brainwash a billion people on planet Earth. And they'll believe them because those people never open their Bible and realize that the Spirit of God is for them today. And it says right here that the sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and then there appeared unto them divided tongues of fire and one set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now we know that there were devout men from every nation assembled in Jerusalem at this time. There was no internet. There was no app to download. There was no Wi-Fi. There was no TV. There was no radio. There was no printing press. God had to wait those number of days so that devout men who had a good reputation, so then when they took it back to the spice routes of China, then when they went back over to Egypt, when they went back to Turkey, when they went back over to the Italian region, when they came back as devout businessmen saying there was an outpouring of Jehovah and his Holy Spirit, the nations and the kings they went to would instantaneously believe it because they were devout men. They were the iPhone that God was sending back to the nation. And we know here that they began to speak in an unknown tongue. And it goes on to list that all these foreign people that didn't understand Arabic or, 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 or the tongue of that day, they, they, they had other tongues, Spanish and whatever the other dialects were. Every one of them began to speak in another language so that every devout, devout man there heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in a month's time, as they went back to their nations, the gospel reached all human population with within about four months' time because of the Holy Ghost. Couldn't happen without the Holy Ghost because when Jesus was here, he could be in one place at one time. But when Holy Ghost came, come on somebody, it changed the game. And if you let the Holy Ghost lead you and guide you, it'll change the game. Everybody shout, I need the game to change. Come on, shout, I need the game to change. Because say this, I need some HGI. The way these athletes inject HGH, you need to inject some HGI, some Holy Ghost insight or information. Now let's go on. Now let's see, we're in Acts chapter 4. Here's the same band of brothers. They got breathed on and filled in John 20. They got fire falling on them and they got filled in Acts chapter 2. Now look at this. Literally, it's the weirdest thing you can ever imagine. And they received the Holy Ghost. Next time, fire shows up in the room, they receive the Holy Ghost. Why does that brother throw water on people? Why does that brother wave his towel on people? Look, the first time, second time, fire fell. Now, here we are in the third time. It's totally different the third time. This is their third filling, and none were exactly alike. Look at this. They were being threatened. Look at verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Now, here they are. They're under great threat of loss of life. And shutting down the gospel and the church coming to an end. The apostles get together and the disciples. Now, Lord, look on their threats and protect us and hide us, for we are cowards and greatly depressed. Is that what your Bible says? No. Look what it says. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants 
that with all boldness they may speak your word. In other words, Lord, they're threatening us, and I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to stand up. I'm not going to get quiet. I'm going to get louder. They're going to pass a law. I'm going to preach the gospel. They're going to say it's hate speech. I'm still going to preach the gospel. If they put me in jail, I'm still going to preach the gospel. Now, Lord, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we might speak your word. By stretching out our hand to heal and signs and wonders may be done through the name of Jesus Christ. So it said, Lord, they're threatening us, but we want the boldness to pray for more people, to cast the devil out of more people, and to preach Jesus to more people. They didn't pray, Lord, hide us till they go away. Lord, make us invisible. They said, Lord, set us on a hill that we can be easily seen. Let us not hide our light under a bushel. Let us not compromise. Lord, give us more boldness. So they had already received the Holy Ghost two chapters earlier and they were bold and got up and preached to thousands and men from every nation and now they're for the threat of their life. And, and Peter said, give me more boldness. Woo. And then look what happens. And when they had prayed, the place where they were what? Assembled. Everybody say assembled. Third time you find the power of God moving in an assembly of believers. Well, I don't need church. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled. Wait a minute, I thought they were already filled. They were. But they had ministered out, and now great fear. And so God knew he needed to energize them again and put more in them so that they could go to another level of boldness. So the first time, the wind got them. The second time, the fire got them. And the third time, the earthquake of God or the shakening of God, the awakening power of God. And literally, the room they were in began to shake under the power of God. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, how, if the Holy Ghost is of Satan... Could anybody read the epistles who worked in the power of the Holy Spirit and believe it was God's word if they were operating under Satan's authority? Just ask them that. They won't be able to answer the question because they have no sound theology on it. They only have humanistic gospel on it. Everybody say this with me. The Holy Spirit is from heaven, a gift from God sent through the sacrifice of Jesus. He lives in me. And he will abide in me forever and never leave me. Peter says it's the incorruptible seed. Incorruptible, impenetrable, indestructible seed of the living God. Your flesh is destructible. It's like an astronaut, he's in outer space and his suit gets ripped, then he dies. Your earth suit, it can be destroyed and you can die. Your mind can be corrupted if it's not renewed. But the incorruptible, impenetrable seed of the living God on the inside of you, Satan might can get to your flesh, he might can get to your mind, but he can't do anything about the incorruptible, impenetrable, indestructible seed of the living God that is on the inside of you, that is the power of the Holy Ghost. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost information. H-G-I. 
The way HGH will make your body perform at a higher level. It'll make you a little quicker, a little more resilient to come back from injury. Oh, hallelujah, I see it. When you get the Holy Ghost, the HGI, not the HGA, your heart isn't going to get hurt as much. Your mind isn't going to get depressed as much because you're going to be more resilient to healing, more resilient to bouncing back. Why? Because you got HGI in you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Most people hold the Holy Ghost hostage on the inside of them. They suppress him and he's in there. And it's like they got a hostage. And anybody wants to come out, they're like, shh. And then they got to go answer the door and act like everything's all right. And the family's tied up and gagged up. And a lot of us, the Holy Ghost is in there. And he's wanting to tell us to do this and tell us not to do that. And we just bind him and gag him. And I'll do what I want to do. I'm born this way. I'm going to stay this way. You just sit there and shut up. And we've got this hostage on there. You need to let the hostage loose and let the Holy Ghost begin to live and rule and reign in your heart. He'll lead you and guide you. Yeah. Untie the Holy Ghost. I just have uh, just a little bit more. Romans chapter 14. Now the Holy Ghost moves into another realm. He begins to empower us with the strength of God. Is this all right tonight? I feel like I'm at home enough that I don't just have to come in and I can come in and be who God's called me to be. And you accept that. It's hard work tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, which is right standing with God, and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is not just eating and drinking, but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Therefore, if God sends us something, the Holy Spirit, it's not going to contradict or kryptonite what God has put in us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So when we get the Holy Ghost, it's going to give us joy. You're not going to be all mean and mean and bitter and you better do all that. You're going to have the joy of the Lord in your heart. Why? Because you've got the power of the Holy Ghost. You know you can't lose joy in the Holy Ghost. Some more people need to have joy in the Holy Ghost in church. Need to have joy during worship service. Joy during tithing time. Joy during prayer meeting. Everybody gets excited when so and so brings a spaghetti for spaghetti dinner. Oh, she makes the best salt. But not many people get excited when the Holy Ghost is going to show up. And we're going to have one of them three hour services. Tell Bishop I preach real good. <laughs> Lie if you have to. No, I'm just kidding. First Peter 1 8. Just a couple more. Now, if you read, does anybody have the Amplified Bible in First Peter 1 8? Do you have Amplified Bible back in the hole back there? Pick up the Amplified up if you would. But now I found out the other week the Amplified is the woman's Bible. Because it has more words in it. And more description. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I'm getting the look. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Probably not. 
Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not even now see him, you believe in him and extol and thrill with inexpressible and glorious, triumphant, heavenly joy. When you think about Jesus and his righteousness and the gift of the Holy Ghost, that gives you inexpressible, heavenly, undescribable joy. You're not thinking, oh, poor Jesus. Oh, I got to go to church. Oh, what do you mean I got to pray? It's giving you inexpressible, heavenly joy. Hallelujah. You're like, thank you, Jesus. You're not thinking, oh, poor Jesus died. I don't think of the dead Jesus. I think of the resurrected Jesus who's seated at the right hand of the Father with a new body hallelujah and he's coming back with righteousness hallelujah so that gives me heavenly joy man you got the holy ghost it changes the game you go to some churches and you try to preach above this loud right here they'll just take the microphone and shoot you off what's your problem did you have two cups of coffee today you know we don't get that excited around now i got the holy ghost I didn't have no Red Bull tonight, no five-hour energy, no coffee, no hot tea. Just had a frustrated afternoon. I forgot a lot of things, had to go get some things, had to rewrite some things, had to get some thoughts, showed up late, didn't get the books in, and then had to come right to the, it wasn't a great fun last hour and a half, but with the Holy Ghost, you can come and do it with joy. Because it's not I that speak in Matthew, but it's him that speaks through me. So even if I'm not quite ready, if I just show up, he's going to get the word out. Some preachers are too interested in looking down than they are looking in. They'll look down at their notes, but they won't look in and listen to their spirit. Thank God you have a house where your bishop looks into the Holy Ghost and will just let it rip. So everybody say, I have joy. I want you to prove it. Laugh. I didn't hear anybody over here. Everybody laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Now, I didn't say it had to be funny. I just said laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Do it again. Do it again. Now, let's do a survey. Don't you just, my wife laughs all the time and I don't laugh enough. She'll be, with the kids and I, we'll just laugh. We'll be downstairs or something and we'll just hear, <laughs> I mean, she just laughs from people, ask her to record her laugh and send it to them. It's just hilarious. And my joy is listening to her get joy because her laugh is so pure. And, and we'll, we'll see her watching America's Funniest Videos or YouTube videos and we'll be in another floor of the house and we'll be sitting downstairs on the couch laughing at her, laughing at the computer. And she don't know we're laughing, but now she does. <laughs> They'll come from their bedroom and come down to me. Did you hear mom in there? She's crazy. Because she just, I mean, just laugh. But you feel better when you laugh than when you frown. See, everybody looks a little better now. You got a little smile, you know. Then you just instantly feel the endorphins release. Well, the Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine. See, you'll take your oxycodone, but you won't laugh. Take your penicillin, but you won't laugh. The Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine. That his word will heal your flesh and bring life to your bones. Your bones getting old and cranky, just start ha-ha, praying the Holy Ghost and read the word. And the Bible said it will even go down into your bones, your arthritis, and all that will begin to loosen things up. Because see, tension will even eat a hole in your stomach. Anybody ever had it? Well, I don't want to ask because then that might mean you were under tension and you don't want everybody to know. But people's stomachs will bleed when they get stressed out. Holes will appear. Nobody ever got a hole in their stomach. Well, they say we busted a gut laughing, but really you busted a gut worrying. See, they, you, you'll get uh, 
tension headaches. I've had them a lot. I've had to have injections stuck in there because I take things so seriously and running all these ministries. Sometimes I put it all on my shoulders. And then, you know, you feel the tension like you can't even lift your arms because all the stress. But when you laugh and joy, your arms don't ever get stiff and sore. Do stuff you wouldn't ordinarily do because you're feeling silly. And you're like, oh, my God, I pulled a hamstring because I got running around like that. Anybody ever done that? Why? Because laughter is like a medicine. Like when you're taking that pain pill, you forget it hurts, and you go do what you shouldn't have been doing, and then you're on the medicine twice as long. Why? Because the pill took away the pain. Well, laughter will take away some of the pain. Everybody laugh again. Come on, laugh again. Ha, ha, ha. Look at your neighbor right in the face and laugh at him. I see that little girl didn't want to get laughed at right there. She's laughing at. She didn't want to get laughed. Well, laugh at her again. Yeah, she yeah laugh at yeah ha ha ha. <laughs> now look, see, don't you just feel better? See, the Bible says we'll have inexpressible joy. Now Jude says that when we Jude verse twenty says when you pray in the Holy Ghost that you pray in your most holy face faith and it edifies you. When you need strength, pray in the Holy Ghost, and it'll edify. It'll bring you to your most holy face. Jude verse twenty. When we get to Ephesians, let's close here. Ephesians chapter five. If you would, stand up on your feet. That way you'll hold me to my word. Or I'll let you stretch and sit back down. Ephesians 5 says this in verse 17. If I actually go to Ephesians uh, 3, 18 first. I didn't write this down for you. I apologize. Ephesians 3, 18 says that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God ah, you can start playing whenever you want that you might be filled with all the fullness of God do you know you're like an iPhone and God is like the app and his whole nature is downloaded into you when you accept Jesus Christ the way you down an app on your phone and it's there when you accept Jesus Christ, it says here that all the fullness of God. You're just like downloading the joy of the Lord, the wisdom of the Lord, the power of God. It says the same spirit that raised Christ, not a different one, not a deluded one, the very same spirit. That you would be full of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask according to the power that's in us. See, it doesn't matter about the power in this church. It matters about the power in you. Because this is a building and you're the church. This is a house. You're God's dwelling place. And it would be a shame to come to a church and say, oh, the power of God is in the church. Then you go back home and there's no power. There's no healing and there's no joy. And it all stayed here. God said, I want to put me into you that you'd be filled with my fullness and my nature. And see, when you're full, the house is full. One more scripture. Ephesians 5, verse 17 and 18. Therefore, do not be ignorant, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, I don't know what God's will is where it says don't be that way. It says here, here's my will. Do not be drunk with wine in excess. Or don't be under the influence of what the world has too much. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And see, 
When you were out there in the world and somebody would get drunk, some little guy like me would go up to a big guy and say, I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to take you out. I didn't have a chance of beating him up, but when you're under the influence of Boone's Farm or Budweiser, it'll make you act like you wouldn't act or say what you wouldn't say. Some ugly guy will go up to Bo Derek and say, you're going to marry me next Saturday because he's drunk as a skunk. Hello? He's under the influence, but when you get under the influence of the Holy Ghost, you'll begin to talk like you wouldn't talk and act like you wouldn't act and worship like you've never worshipped. Why? Because you're under the power of the Holy Ghost and you're no longer worried. You're no longer distressed. And you'll begin to cast out devils and lay hands upon the sick. Why? Because you're under the influence of the greater one, the Holy Ghost. So it says, be not ignorant, not knowing what the will of God is. For this is the will of God, that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not from Satan. It is not from hell. We've seen three times it's from God. It's from Jesus. It's sent from heaven. And now we said it's the will of God that you be filled. That word filled is continually full, never empty. Every day, John 20, full. Acts 2, full. Acts 4, full. You're getting filled every day. I want to ask you tonight. How many would say, Randall? <laughs> now, don't be shy because, you know, you guys have bombarded these altars in the past when it was for other cause. You say this. I need the wind of God. I need the fire of God. I need the shaking power of God to intervene on my behalf. Oh, I've been saved a long time. I've been filled with the Spirit, but I still need the wind of God, or I need the fire of God, or I need the shaken, miraculous power of God. I need things to shift. I need atmospheres to change, attitudes to change, and I just need a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. If that's you, I want you to leave your seat all over this auditorium and just come to this altar. Say, Holy Ghost, I need a fresh outpouring. And the place where they were assembled was shaken. Tongues of fire fell upon them in the place where they were assembled. And when they were assembled together with Jesus, he breathed upon them and they were filled with the power of God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Begin to pray for every surrounding city. Begin to let prophetic songs come into your heart. Come on, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Is there, is there anybody here that wants a baptism? Is there anybody here that needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Would you just wave your right hand and say, Brother, I need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Is there any person right here? All right, all right. If there are any uh, elders or pastors or leaders, I just want you to come surround and Maybe the rest of you would just say, I'm going to come and pray. Place for shaking. Lord, let the Holy Ghost move in your house again. Oh, the day, da, 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 da.